So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Doing fine. Good, good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great because I'm not touching buttons and <laughs> I can focus on talking about soccer. Why is that, Mikey Dobbs? Well, we've, we've talked somebody in to help push buttons. Carmen Butler, longtime listener, previous guest on the show, uh, and uh, was nice enough to drink wine in the background and, uh, and, and take care of the stress for me. So thank Possible you. Possible future producer. Mm-hmm. I like it, Mike Adams. Must pay well in wine, though. <laughs> yes. So, you know, so what you are, know what we're drinking? Yeah, what are we drinking? This is the first podcast Bordeaux. All right. Um, Chateau Cone Talisson Soborin. Uh, my French is terrible. Um, 2018 Bordeaux. Very nice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, if, no we, complaints. if we have you know, a producer <laughs> around, then we have to have the Bordeaux, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. <laughs> Very pretentious of us. Well, Dave, you know what I have that um, has some trivia around wine started off? Oh, no, really? ATL on fire trivia right out of the gates. (laughs) Wow. I was not expecting that. See, now I have some some validation that I have no idea because Carmen's looking at us like, wow, you didn't know about that. (laughs) Right? So truth, people. The origins of wine trace back how long, give or take a thousand years. You mean plus or minus? Yeah, plus. Like, I, think, I think it's got to be more than a thousand years. Uh, you know, but I'm saying like, yeah, what, uh, you know, how far back does it go? BC wise. Oh, goodness. Um, you mean I'm, how I'm many years letting, BC? Yeah. You want to know an exact number? I'm giving you within a thousand <laughs> years, right? Oh, within a thousand years. See, I thought you were just asking me more or less than a thousand <laughs> years. And I was like, let's go with more. That's easy. Um, BC. <sighs> Um, I'm giving you a 2000, you know, year range here. Let's go 600 BC. 6,000 BC. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't know. You it know, wasn't as an order of magnitude. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, huh. we're enjoying a long time tradition. Wow. Okay. I like yeah. it. Here's to our ancestors. Right. Another random question. Okay. Is according to FIFA, how long can the goalkeeper hang on to the ball? Uh, seven. Six seconds. Six. Oh. So close. Um, well, so is it six and then on the seventh they can go? I'm going for a technicality here. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to give it to you. All right. You were, first off, you were within one second, which was impressive. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, so, oops, I'm losing my uh, screen here. Okay. Oh, so, thank goodness. Trivia's yeah. over. <laughs> which type of football is another term for soccer? Which type of football? Which type of football mm-hmm. is another term for soccer? I mean, or the sport in general known as soccer. I, I think I don't understand the question. <laughs> actually, It's association football. Oh, association football. Okay. I, I tried to give it to you. They said, what type of football? Okay. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. just lost. Yeah. I was at sixes and sevens. Which two countries played the first international soccer match? Which two countries played the first international? Um, England and Scotland? That's correct. This is uh, for all the soccer aficionados out there, this one. Uh-oh. What actor was the goalkeeper in the film Escape to Victory? Oh, everybody knows that. <laughs> Stallone. Well done. All right, wow. there's, our, there's our fast ATL on fire. I couldn't help but to put something Okay. Yeah. All right, that so. was pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's what it's about. All right, fair. So um, 
Four o'clock kick on Saturday. Uh, I did not go to the game. You did not go to the game. I did not, actually. Clinton had our seats. Our friend puts on a pretty epic St. Patrick's Day party. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's married to an Irishman, and they, they go full bore. I mean, there must have been 150 people at the party. A, uh, a Very COVID-friendly. Bag, bag piper. It was outside. <laughs> oh, nice. It's COVID-friendly. It, it was gorgeous all outside. All right. I like it. Um, and uh, played some bags. Had the had the game on through ESPN Plus, which of course had to go through my VPN to get. <laughs> I don't know, Carmen, if you have problems with that too, but just the whole blackout on this streaming stuff—it's just so frustrating. I know other people on online complain about it, but yeah, we were talking about how wouldn't it be nice, you know, to be able to go a little bit more in depth with some of the clips, and we keep being forced to use only the highlights because Bally's, at least on my TV or whatever, you can't record it. Right, it'd be nice no, to record it and then be able to it. use it, but it's only live streaming, and maybe it, that's a copyright thing. But I don't think us showing this on the podcast, just reviewing a clip, would be copyright infringement. No, I, there's like some law. You're more of an expert. There's than I some am. law. If you add enough uniqueness to it, it becomes your own content. Okay, and so that's kind of been the loophole with. Um, some of the clips-based stuff. So Darren Eels wouldn't be coming for us? No, I don't think so. <laughs> they might be for the logo that we use. Which oh. We actually use the actual Atlanta United logo on top of the fire. Shh. Nope. That's going to be a first-class prob- problem <laughs> if they come after us. Okay. You know, we'll have to change it to... Darren, uh, we're sorry. We're sorry. I think this is a good enough getaway with the logo. We can figure something out that my mother-in-law has done with the emblem here. Uncle Arthur is originally from New York, right? So he's probably got more gangster friends. We got to watch out for him more than Darren Eels. So anyway, I'm watching the game at the party. All right. Uh, We know how the first half went, right? Joseph starts off with a great goal. Everybody's excited. The beginning of the first half. (laughs) Everybody's giddy five minutes in, right? And then it all falls to pot, right? All of a sudden it's 3-1 at halftime. I stopped watching the game pretty much. Oh. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to I watched the whole thing. I'm at a a party. I stopped analyzing. um, That's fair. Until I heard cheering at the end, of course, and I came (laughs) back over the TV. What's going on? What happened? Um, Well, I'll fill you in on the second half. Great. But uh, let's start with the first half. Yeah. So we started on the front foot, right? We did. Um, You know, it was uh, a a great goal. Do we want to take a a peek at it on the YouTube-verse? I think we should. Okay. So uh, the ball gets slotted directly up the field, right? Yeah, it's a turnover, right? So we're pressing up high when you start the clip here. Um, We got five players up front pressing on the ball. It's a bad giveaway, right, to Joseph Martinez. What I loved about that was that Joseph was the old Joseph. Zero hesitation. Looked up with composure and just blasted it right right down Main Street. So I love that. It's not just actually um, the lack of hesitation and the, um, the really quality finish. But one thing you'll see on that clip that, that we haven't seen recently is he opens his hips. The great goal scorers, one of the things if, you know, if you're out there playing, you know, dear podcast listeners, you have a kid who's playing, you're trying to score a goal coming in on the goalkeeper. And I'm not talking about, you know, long range shooting, but if you're walking down the goalkeeper, you've got to open your hips and you got to make sure that it's very clear that you can go either way, sell it one way, maybe and go the other way, but it has to be clear that you can go either way and right before he does it he yeah. opens up the hip just a little bit and that means the goalkeeper knows he can go either side and then he fakes him and goes the other way yeah no that's exactly right he didn't just have his shoulder squared up with right. the goal which the goalkeeper knows you know a little bit better way to read that yep. and that's pure class you really don't see that many surprisingly goal scorers in the world that that do that the classy ones do you see it every single time they're shooting in close they never make it obvious where they're going because the great goalkeepers if you make it obvious and the goalkeeper was in a great position coming out if you don't you know if you make it obvious where you're going they're gonna go get it yeah so yeah that was what five minutes 41 seconds into the game something (laughs) like that great start yeah and it wasn't just that the, the goal we were completely on the front foot for a while right yeah felt good I, like i said i was at the party partying at that point <laughs> and then uh and then what happens well we um a, we had a corner kick all the way down the other end of the field right? well i just want to start you know we had a defensive corner a little bit later um and um once again zonal marking 
Um, and, you know, the more I've seen zonal marking and the more we've analyzed it here in the podcast, what I think the true problem of zonal marking is. So we've talked about how you have two guys and we don't know, are you going to get it? You, am I going, you going, I'm going, you going. And somebody steps right in between. But I think the bigger problem in zonal marking is even if you get it right and there's not that confusion and you win the first ball, if you really don't clear it completely, everything about zonal marking is designed to win that first ball. And if you don't clear it on that first ball, if it gets skipped, if it's a bad clearance or whatever, there are players wide open. And we had a defensive corner once again where the second ball, right, it was absolutely wide open. Hernandez was pinched in so far towards the goal. His guy was wide open behind him. And it's just a matter of time before we give up a goal. Yep. So same old problem we talked about in the last podcast. Yep. All right. You hammered it home. <laughs> but then what we have maybe one of the worst goals <laughs> of professional soccer ever scored against us. And I don't know what. When well, I have one going. more good moment. Oh, please. I need it in the first half. <laughs> yeah, so we get an offensive free kick. And, you know, so supposedly Pineda has said that his assistant coaches, are he gives them the power to, to do the free kicks. Okay. Right? And one thing I will say so far this year is that offensively, our free kicks have been excellent. So we have an offensive free kick. And um, Gutman is standing by the ball and he's pretending not to be ready. Like they're, you know, still looking at the field. And then he went quick yeah. and everybody was reading it. Everybody runs in and it goes right to, to Tyler Wolf, who has to score. And what happens? He does not. He does not. Yeah, he's missed his opportunities. This so year. this is twice. We've been on the front foot. The other one was when we lost three nothing in the road on the road in Colorado, where he had a chance early to score and avoid that wave that came. And it's twice he made beautiful time runs, went in, you know, whatever, and um, just missed it. Yeah. Even on that uh, first goal where Joseph ended up scoring, if the slot Joseph does a little quick pass to him right up the center. If he has a little bit more of del delicate touch on that, he's through. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that part of the sequence, a, but not such a good first touch. Right? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it was tough. It was a tough ball to deal with, but I think he, you know, on a, on a better day, should have been able to go right to goal there. So, all right, that's another good moment. Any other ones, Dave, or you want to go right to the shambolic? Well, I have, to, goal. I have to say that I pointed out, I think it was um, 19 minutes in, um, and I said, you know, Hernandez is pinched in so far again, that, and he's leaving the guy so wide open on the outside that it's going to cost us. And I'm going to foreshadow, not to the first goal we gave up, but the second goal. But I wanted to say that at 19 minutes in in my notes, I said we are going to give up a goal in this game to the outside to Hernandez. Okay. Well, let's, let's hold it right here, maybe bring it up on the screen. Uh, let me know when we got it up on the screen here, the clip of – we're, we played a short corner here. Is that what that looks like? It's ready to go. It's it, a new era in the podcast. Yeah. So it's it's coming out, and who who's about to play there? Right across That's Brooks Lennon plays it across to Hernandez. Yeah, and just a whole clown show right after that. And poor Brad, uh, you know, I can't blame him for making a move, right? And you know, so you want to describe it, you know, in detail for those who are not watching on the YouTube channel again. What happens? Yeah. So what happens is. The ball comes out of the, the, the corner kick. Brooks Lennon is bringing it back and plays almost a hospital ball back across the center, um, you know, to the, the top of the key. Uh, Hernandez steps to the ball, has plenty of time to just make sure he shores things up. And really at that point, he should have had the self-awareness to know he's the last man back and has to be uh, much more secure with what he does at that point. Uh, instead, he tries to make a more aggressive play, puts it up the middle. There's a fumble bumble, and then it's just off to the races right down the center. And Brad is on a 2v2 two two two, uh, or uh, a, a two-man breakaway where, you know, he at the last minute tries to make, you know, the, the guy guess, and yeah. he just touches it in. So. so what's your problem on that play? What do you think is the well, main flaw? The, 
the biggest, the most egregious thing is what Hernandez did, in my opinion. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean that I give Brooks Lennon a hall pass for making a terrible <laughs> back pass back, right? Yeah. But when you're a player of Hernandez's caliber, you should know at that point you're you're the defensive last man back. You can't do anything risky like he did in that situation to, you know, allow for a quick quick ball out. And then, you know, he he was, you know, 15 yards past the halfway mark and he was the last man back. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I don't disagree with you. So I think Brooks Lennon hesitates, not so good. Um, he makes a terrible ball to Hernandez, a hospital ball. Hernandez goes for the ball, um, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, it's the last man back. But my big problem with this is how do we have a corner kick where there's really only one player back? And keep in mind, not only – so when Hernandez win, loses that ball, right, there are two things that are not there. One, there's no player close enough to actually chase someone down. Yeah. And two, they end up with two guys running from midfield all alone, which means that there was another guy wide open. Yeah. Right? So we had one guy back, and they had two players forward. So my my problem is not actually with Hernandez. It's not with Lennon. It's with the coach. How can you have that many committed to a corner kick? I mean, it's almost like the kind of thing that you would do in the 90th minute when you're down one I don't know, Dave. I don't know. I thought it was Finally, awful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. Because in right. <laughs> any day of the week, Hernandez should not have given that ball up there. Absolutely. So that's that's not coaching, right? So and in fact, had he just shielded the ball and played it out wide, right? So had he turned his back to it and, and had the player, you know, have to make a, a bump on him, right? He would either A gotten fouled or he'd have probably played it out wide where again we're on the front foot with a lot of big press and probably would have gotten a, a, a cross in with numbers in the box. So to me, that whole breakdown is Hernandez being completely irresponsible. Uh, Period. The end. Like at some point, you have to say you're a professional soccer player. Do the right thing. <laughs> but my problem is right. He loses the ball, and there's 70 yards between him and the goal. Right. And if you have a balance to the point where if you lose the ball 70 yards from your own goal, I mean, he was considerably past half field. Right. So yeah. it's one thing if you have a center back who gives the ball up, you know, 10 yards outside your own 18. It's a symbolic play. They walk right in and score almost the way we did for Martinez. Right. Yeah. That's terrible. But that's not coaching. Right. That was just a horrible pass. So. So my I, point is that if you're 70 yards from your own goal and one guy makes a mistake and he's allowed to go 70 yards and nobody has even a chance of catching him, that's a problem. So do you think that um, if you're right there in terms of just an ultra aggressive, like being up the field on a corner kick, A, was that absolutely Pineda's direction or did someone like Franco, who should have been sitting a little bit further back, break the code there and, and step up further than he should have been. I'm going to blame, I don't know whether it's Pineda or the assistant coaches, but I'm going to blame the coaching staff completely because both center backs, Franco and Robinson were up for the corner kick. So okay. it wasn't theirs. And that's a, even a, a, even more important moment when you're two center backs, which is normal, right? Yeah. Are up for the corner kick that the coaches decide who are the players who are going to fill in for them. And they have to be told, because these are guys not used to being in the back by themselves, yeah. not only how many players should be back, but where they should be. Okay. Well, either way, it, it was... Because you just don't see goals no. in professional soccer where a guy gets a ball on even on a terrible giveaway and is allowed to go 70 yards with nobody even having a remote chance of catching him. It wasn't like there was a guy on his back the whole time and he held him all off. right? He had a chance to look at the goalkeeper, make a fake, slow down, and yes, Brad Guzon went for it. But when he went for it, and he cut it back. That's when the tackle should have been there. Mm -hmm. Right? It should have been. He hesitated so much that that's when he should have lost the ball like he does. All right. You made your point. <laughs> okay. Still think Hernandez should have never let that happen. <laughs> okay. So, now it's 1-1. One, one, yep. And, and you're like, okay. Thought that may have been coming. But, man, we, we feel like we're at home we got this game in, 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 in our pocket still. Like, I felt really optimistic, actually, still, even after that. I was like, that was, that was pretty, pretty crappy. 
I didn't feel optimistic at all because I felt like, A, the momentum shifted, and it was so wide open. And in fairness, it reminded me a little bit of the early Tata era when it was really wide open, and we were just like, well, our guys are better than your guys, and so we get more, we're going to give up wide open, we're going to go wide open, up and down the field, no problem. Um, which is okay, yeah. and maybe you know, maybe this team again is going to win most of those battles. But I still think, you know, it was after that moment when we give up the bad goal, it was way too wide open. Yeah. So then I don't know what minute it was. We've got the team coming down the left side again. Uh, I felt like Hernandez didn't get any pressure on stopping any sort of cross or cutback cross that then people came crashing through and scored on? What do we... Do well, we, so I'm going to say... so Here, here it is right here. Look wait, at this. before you roll the, the finish the clip, I'll say that not only in the 19th minute did I write down that the, the outside backs are pinching too far yeah, too in. Yeah, too pinched in, right? And I'll, I'll get it to a minute, but I actually think Hernandez was far worse than Gutman. But um, the other thing that I noted is that because our outside backs are flying so much up the field, they're leaving the center backs and the defensive midfielder Alonzo on an island so much. I'm like, you know, and it's so wide open. I I wrote down, you know what's going to happen? We're going to end up going back to three in the back. Remember when DeBoer had too much forward and whatever? And then he decided, oh, we got to pull it back and go three to the back. And then suddenly we couldn't score for like... Months? That's right. my fear, Mikey Dobbs. All right. Well, I'd rather go to. I'd rather see the high risk stuff that we're seeing right now. And, I agree. And sort it out. But uh, do you want to go to the clip? Yeah. So describe right now where it's paused, so, where what's happening, and look at the position yeah. of Hernandez. Right. So right now the ball is you know about forty yards out. Um, guy driving it in up the center, just off to the left, at the top of the key. There's a guy that is wide open out left, and Hernandez is a good, I don't know, 15 yards pinched in uh, at the top of the, the arc. And um, and so here's the thing, right? So he's so normally, okay, you'd say there are moments when the outside back in a panic moment has to pinch in, you know, to cover a wide open guy when the center back gets out. But if you look at this clip where it's paused right now, the center back is in perfect position. In fact, both center backs are playing 2v1. The guy who's running with the ball, there is not only Osvaldo chasing him to close him down, but the center back can still get over there. Yeah. There's no reason whatsoever for oh, yeah. Hernandez o- o- to be where he is. Osvaldo's got the guy. He can, he's got enough time to get back to get the guy who's playing the ball. Right. Great Her- job. Hernandez could start getting out wider right at this moment. And much wider. And as the ball goes, if we play the clip here. Well, I would have said he should never be in to begin with, right? right. Not just that he should get out there earlier, but he never should be in that far to begin with. What right. I would like is to see him out, and then in an emergency, he can come in. Because right now, if he comes in anymore, he's going to run over Franco. Yeah. I mean, but if, if Franco isn't right where he is right now, then it's an easy pass to the left. So. Sure, he's there, but in an emergency, if they have to pass it to that guy and he has to come over as a second guy, he can still get back more. more. I don't understand that positioning at all. But, I mean, look how much, even right here, how much space Hernandez is giving. He's more worried about where his hands are, of course, in this day. Well, the only thing he has left to do, um, as we've paused it brilliantly, is that the only thing he can do here is hope that he can block the cross. So he's put his hands behind his back to avoid the stupid, you know, handball, which is smart. But he's still six yards away. He's not even making it hard for him to get his head up. Look, he could still take more time and get that cross. He could... He could do anything. He could dribble him at this point, but what does he do? He just well. Let- and the the crazy part about this is that we actually have three v two in the middle defensively, three defenders and only two attackers, so we should be really covered. It's a really tough ball to get beaten on, right? As you'll see in a second. But he has all day to pick it out. That's the only reason he can pick out this exquisite ball that he makes. All right. So here he goes. He cuts it back. Yeah, I forgot that it was that guy coming from the far side that ends up scoring it. Yeah. Look at that. But the only reason why he has that kind of time to slot that yeah. ball back is because he had all day out wide. Yeah. And Z- why? Zero pressure on him. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I was screaming about during the game. It's like, why does he have that much space? 
And and Hernandez, it wasn't just on that play. He was doing it over and over and over, which makes me believe that that was coached. That's not just Hernandez, you know, out of badly out of position and not getting it. Now people are going to blame him. And in fact, he got substituted later. You know, when they move Lennon back, and I'm sure the coaches are like, "You didn't do a good job. You got beat multiple times." It's not his fault, or at least it's his fault of where he's starting. But that has to be what they're telling him. Yeah, because Gutman's doing it too. Although the interesting thing I would argue, and here's why I am a huge fan of Gutman, he actually is also pinching in quite early, but he is so against it, he keeps going out early. Like he just, if you watch him live, yeah. he pinches in and then starts. Yeah, he he out. refuses to go all the way in where the coaches want him, and then he's making plays. All right. <clears throat> So this is the Miles Robinson uh, penalty kick giveaway yeah. that we're, we're about to pull up here, which I felt he was a little hard, hard done by. But at the same time, once that gets called as a penalty by the ref on the field, there's no way VAR is going to overturn it the way, right. that, the, the way that it went down. But, man, what a soft penalty at the end of the day <laughs> this is all I have to say. I mean – you know, the guy plays it through his legs and then just kind of tries to go around him on the, on the touchline. And really, like in most leagues, like the ref is just going to be like, okay, get up, let's play. I'm sorry, but it was a really soft penalty. Like there was some things that Miles did that didn't help his case. Yep. I'll, I'll agree. I just, you know, that guy just dove after the, after the play. That's just not a penalty kick. I know that every every one of those guys on the was the MLS extra time. Those those guys that talk about the MLS all the time, they'd be like, "That's clearly a penalty <laughs> by the rule of the book," like whatever. But I mean, it's just not like just let's play soccer, okay? Come on, that's not especially at this point in the game. Like reading the game, I also understand. Like if you keep watching in slow motion, you're like, "Okay, it's a penalty." You wore me down, Dave. You wore me down. <laughs> so what do you have to say? Um, I'm sad to say that I 100% agree with you. Oh, that, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's a penalty. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's the worst ref in history for calling it. Yeah. just like you said, but it's a really soft penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's one thing, and and here it's coming. Right? Isn't that my rant is coming, Mike Dobbs? Oh, if good. it's not on already, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one off, you know, rant. Um, so this goal is different from the other two goals because on this goal, right, a player gets beat. Right? Not only does a midfielder run through and is not really tracked very well, but then you know, theoretically, Robinson gets beat. You know, yeah, um, and is forced to foul. If you compare that to the first two goals. Right. And uh, granted, I'll give you that on the first goal, there were two horrendous giveaways. And actually, on the second goal, there was a giveaway that started at two, um, which we didn't talk about. But in both cases, as soon as there is a giveaway and a symbolic <laughs> giveaway, right, nobody gets beat on the whole play. In one case, the first goal, it's 70 yards running to goal. Right. And on the second goal, outside, you know, Hernandez never gets beaten. Right. Um, he never goes in to try to make a tackle and the guy goes by him, right? He just never could get there. And my problem is if you in professional soccer have a formation such that you're giving up goals and your defenders are not getting beaten, there's a problem. Yeah, that's a very good point. One thing I will say, last comment on the Miles penalty giveaway. Like I also feel like there's a little Miles that I'm not seeing as much like, I don't know, like, there should have been more composure on his part on that too, just all around. Like I felt like he wasn't in the game in the moment as well. So I do feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, putting that goal on him as well, just because I I think he just could have been a little tougher on the play all around. Well, I think what you're getting at a little bit is as um, Robinson has gotten more confident, he's maybe ever so slightly less, um, moving over to the right spots. He's a little bit later because he's like, I can still get there. I'm really, really good. And on that play, he's an extra second late in kind of reading and coming over. And I think it's because he's confident. Yeah, he's confident, but he needs to get back to that grit that 
got him to the confidence. And that, it just felt like there was something there that was missing. I think that's what you're seeing, Mikey Depps. All right. So then I stopped watching the game, Dave. So now <laughs> the whole thing is pretty much on you other than me. <laughs> Having watched some YouTube highlights of a glorious comeback that I was not expecting. It's really, Dave, it's what this podcast is titled, When a Tie Feels Like a Win. I definitely think a tie feels like a win because, it, you know, um, with how bad it went um, coaching-wise in the first half, right, to be on the front foot, to be playing well, um, you know, without all mama intact, you know, particularly, you know, you know, God bless us. When when Araujo gets back, we're going to be amazing. Um, but so our Twitter fans, by the way, don't want to call it Mama. Okay, they feel like this is a Southern soccer city. They want to call it Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, which I thought was pretty funny. Ma'am. Oh yeah, right, right, Ma'am, right. Of course, duh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you yes, can tell ma'am. I'm from New York. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Ma'am. What? Yeah, yeah, Ma'am. I, no. I thought that was pretty clever. Though. I like it. You yeah. want to do it? I do. Yeah. Okay. From here on out on the podcast, yeah. it's yes, Ma'am. Yes, Ma'am. <laughs> so, without yes, Ma'am. <laughs> um, so we're yeah. on to the second half, or do you have anything to talk about? No, that's what we're talking about, yeah. the second half, right? I mean, but um, my problem is, you know, with how well we started without having, you know, we talked about if Pineda does a good job, he's got to grind out results, even when, you know, we're maybe not at his best. And at the end of the day, that's what happens. But um, I would have said, coaching-wise, you're on the front foot, you're at home, you score early, right? We... <laughs> It was shambolic the way we not only gave up three goals, but the way that we gave them up so easily without, you know. So hold on. This is one thing I didn't ask you at the beginning, and you've credited Pineda so far this season. Yeah, I've been a big Pineda fan this year. Been a big Pineda fan. And one of the things you've credited him for is like he started the game with the right starting lineup. Uh Uh-huh. And not made adjustments at halftime, which we saw at the end of 2021. Right. Do you think he had the right starting lineup in this game? I think yes. Um, you know, so the thing that we were really worried about, why in the world is Moreno still not starting? And for the first time on the on the on the television feed, Kevin Egan said, Oh, by the way, did you all know that Moreno only practiced once before the first game? Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> so if you know that, then maybe we wouldn't have been as afraid of him coming back and he would say he's still coming back. We were like, look, how many games do we have to be in before he's match fit? But if it turns out that he didn't start the season until basically oh, okay. after the first game, then you don't worry about yeah. it as much. And anyway, he's back and he's in the starting lineup. Um, once he's in the starting lineup, um, I like it. You could say, all right, well, maybe Almada should have been in the starting lineup too. And we, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, one of the things you could do with a youngster who's not quite ready to play 90 is play him the first 30 instead of the last 30. And then he would have been playing with Moreno. But that being said, that would be a really unusual coaching move. I think he had the starting lineup. Right. Well, clearly for Amada, as we get to it, it seemed like a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Yeah, we start the second half, and I don't know what what point they subbed on Dom Dwyer, like the 66th, 60th minute. That's like that. later, but Almada comes on much earlier, oh, right? Okay. Um, maybe even did Almada come on at halftime or just after halftime? I think he might have. He came on at halftime. Okay. I think they subbed him at halftime, so that was aggressive. Um, good, good for them. Um, and uh, um, but. Um, and maybe, you know, Carmen can correct us if we're wrong, but um, he comes on and Moreno goes off. Um, it's 60 or something. Oh, I didn't notice that. So Moreno came off. Yeah, so they really didn't play together for my, for very long either. Yeah. Um, they did play together. It wasn't, they didn't substitute Almada for Moreno, um, but um, Moreno comes off mm. and you're wondering like, okay, you're down three to one. You finally bring on Almada give him a little bit more time with Moreno and Moreno to me, you know, the commentator said they thought he was tiring. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I thought he was still our best player on the field. <laughs> Every time I see that guy in the field, I'm like, there's our best player. Over yeah. And he, over again. he was, he was absolutely terrific, but you know, so 
what I pointed out in the 49th minute, which is not an actual clip. So Almada gets the ball at the top of the box, right? There's a wall of defenders. And you're used to seeing this actually from Barco in particular, just trying to force it, force it, force it, you know, through, through, through the wall of defenders. Yeah. And he faked like he was going to force it and just put a delicate three-yard ball across to uh, Martinez, who had a time to take a look at I mean, the waiting on that pass was so sensational because it allowed Martinez to get his head up, pick out the far corner, and try to bend it. And he bent it, and he missed by about, yeah. I don't know, six inches. Yeah. So that I really, really like because you expect the young kid. He just comes on the game. It's only his second game. He's at the top of the box. You expect him either to force it, try to through, or try to dribble through. And to be honest, maybe that was a flaw of Barco trying to, you know, always... Yeah. And he's so composed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't teach that. No. So are we, where are we going to go to the Dom Dwyer red card? <laughs> that's here? Is coming. It? That's next. That's what I have yeah. next. Yeah. And that um, was in the 66th minute here. Um, so our intro, right? Maybe a little prescient, the intro to our Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Why the hell did we sign Dom Dwyer? Because clearly he's, you know, watching him a few games. Now he's a bit of a hothead. So we had an argument. You know, about Word. whether Dom Dwyer could still score goals and whether he was just a completely useless signing. And and we never considered whether or not he would be staying on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least at least he's doing something like uh, you know, uh Adam Jean and uh Cubo Torres. I didn't see any red cards from them, so Yeah, you know. so Dom Dwyer actually comes on for Moreno. Uh, and that's okay. why I have in my notes, why not give him more time with Almada, um, you know. Um, so, again, at least Dom Dwyer cares enough to actually try to, you know, put some pressure on somebody and let him know that the cleats are there. So you that's, want, that's pretty much what he did. He just, you know, not a lot of common sense. You want to hear my rant about it? Yeah, I do. So my rant actually goes back to... Um, and, and Carmen is showing the clip, which is great. Um, my rant goes back to where this comes from, right? So you see it. You're now coaching your daughter, right? And you see it now all the time. You're going to see it even more as you get a little bit older. But how many coaches do you see on the sidelines in the United States just yelling, faster, more pressure, more hard, you know, work harder, blah, 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 blah. And... These players get rewarded for never giving up the extra slide, the extra whatever. Yeah. And Dom Dwyer is a product of this, right? So right. Dom Dwyer, to his credit, the guy works his freaking, you know, right. he works hard. Yeah. Right. But now he's 30 years old. He's learned that the coaches have will reward him for the extra effort, right? This ball is played out to the wide right. And he has no business. He's not even going to get close to it. Yeah. And he thinks, I'm still going to show the coach that I'm going to put in the extra effort by sliding or doing whatever. But because he's 30, Mikey Dobbs, he no longer just slides by him or whatever. He's a little bit slow, and he just absolutely obliterates him on his knee. Yeah. And, and so my point is that so many of our players, they pick this up. He, she's showing the clip right now. Yeah. He has no chance of getting to that ball whatsoever. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I mean, it's, I want to say it's soft, but at the end of the day, it's not. It's just, it, it is, it is a cleat up at a knee where it yeah. could have taken the guy out at minimum for a couple of weeks. Although, if you, t did you watch the El Clasico, Barcelona, Real Madrid? No. So, Obegang um, from Barcelona, who was amazing in the game and, and Stem the tide as Barcelona just rolled over Real Madrid four oh, really? 0 Barca's kind of hitting the gear now. Yeah, huh? in the in the Bardabao, in the Bernabeu. Um, but early in that game, Obagang actually makes a challenge where it comes over the ball 
into the middle of the shin, studs up. Oh, I it did was see, way worse than this. I did he should have been gone. Yeah, and you know what? I did see that, and I remember actually recollecting this, but it was... So uh, Dom Dwyer has a little bit to... Yeah, but in my opinion, both of them should have been gone because I think yeah. that's the right call. Yeah, You I, can't have a guy go and do that to someone's knee. Yeah, you can't have studs up at... I mean, it was right on that yeah. awkward part of the knee, too, where it's like, look, that's the guy's career. Can't do it. Yeah. This, this is where I'll be a little bit of a, you know... So I'm going to actually give Tom Dwyer a pass a little bit and say, here's the problem. All the coaches have been telling these guys to do this for years, and he's just a product of the system being terrible. All right. So now we're down 10 men. <laughs> verse 11. Yeah. The score is 3-1. to one. Hopeless. Six, 66 minutes. It feels pretty darn hopeless. Luckily, it is hopeless. There's no chance we're coming back. No, None. I wasn't even watching the game at this point, Dave. I was out. That's because was there was bags. no chance we're coming back. Listening to bagpipers. There's no chance. I was having a great day. In fact, are you even sure that we did come back? I, is it, it possible? It wasn't until like the 85th minute that I heard some cheering around the TV. I walked back over and here's, here's our new signing. Tiago Amada, who just puts a gem of a goal in that after I've watched it over and over and over again on the replay, which Carmen's going to be nice enough for us to play here, he is so composed. The composure on the first touch. How many kids just lash at this, right? He's going to lash at it. Nope. Fake. (laughs) And then he brings it back. I mean. And he was uh, eyeballing that spot the entire time. But he knew the first one wasn't on. Yeah. And he just says, all right, I'm going to do a little cut. And just watch watch his relaxation, especially in the slow motion one right here. So he does the cutback watch. And then he just calm. Well, not only is he have composed to cut it back, but he's now taking advantage of the defenders who are not composed. And yeah. you see this all the time in MLS where the defender is like, oh, I'm going to go block it. Same way that, that, <laughs> that Don Dwyer has learned, oh, the coach will reward me if I come sliding and do it. Yeah. You see that. And he's like, ha, well, yeah. just go right by well, it. What I also love is the celebration. And I it would have been. I missed the celebration. What yeah, happened on the yeah, celebration? Maybe, maybe Carmen can play the celebration here. <laughs> I don't know. Just you can see he's excited, right? This is a guy who wants to be in Europe, and he boom. Right, just let it play. Oh Let's yeah, see. this this is so good to watch. Look at that. He curls it in off, off the, the top post. So it's a corner kick. It gets deflected out. He beats the guy with a pump fake, and he curls it in right in the far post. For those who are not watching on YouTube. Um, just a dinger <laughs> and then oh uh, yeah i know there was, i think it was the first real time one anyway he's like he's pumping his fist he's running through the field it was awesome um you could tell you know the mercedes-benz was going electric at that point even though it felt like there was no hope but now there's a little hope right there was no hope in and, fact um i don't think that we came back in this game actually we did it's not possible we didn't except for the fact that we got a free kick in the 92nd minute or something like that in, in, in extra time, right? And oddly enough, right, we got Lennon over the ball because here's the thing, and I think this is why it worked, credit all around. It felt like this has to be a cross, right? Like the keeper's thinking this is too far out. Oh, I thought you were going to say because there's only one guy standing over the ball. Thank well, goodness. Well, a, I love that because <laughs> like this is it's not because it's not close enough to be a clear shot on goal. No, I was saying don't shoot it. Right? It's like a it's like a not shoot it type of thing, right? And so I think the key Do you think he should have shot it? Well, yeah, because it went in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean beforehand, were you thinking he should have shot it? No, I wasn't A, I wasn't watching it okay. when it happened. So I didn't have an opinion. I was thinking, oh man, he's gonna shoot it and he shouldn't shoot it. Yeah, and and really he shouldn't have because the keeper should have saved it. But that's we're, we're jumping yes. jumping the gun here. But the yeah, here it is. Everybody's expecting a little curl in cross for the header. Instead, he just goes near post. Keeper just wrong footed, late. And the one thing I will credit Brooks Lennon on is it's on goal. We gave it a chance, right? Yep. And so. You know, if you if you decide to go to goal there, the worst thing you can do is sky it over the post. So I'm watching the goalkeeper in the replay. 
Is he really wrong footed? No, he's square. He's just <laughs> he's set he's set up in the wrong spot. I mean Oh no, actually there in the second clip you did see actually as a little twitch starts going left, so he was a little bit wrong footed. Okay. He thought he was going the other side. Well, I mean everyone had to have thought that that was gonna be a cross, right? I mean, Brooks Lennon given free reign to take a shot on goal from there. Like <laughs> when is like, no, when does that happen? So yeah, it was a total surprise, I thought. But the bottom line is the goalkeeper doesn't move his feet, right? If you're out there goalkeeping, right, you got to move your feet. Mm -hmm. He just stood there, stood there, stood there, and then was like going to dive. Like, I'm going to get there anyway. Just move your feet. If he moves his feet, he just moves over and catches that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's symbolic goalkeeping. <sighs> but Dave, <laughs> when a tie feels like a win, I love it. That's, yeah. That is a good feeling. That is a really sometimes good tie is like what they say, kissing your sister. Yeah, but right? but sometimes sometimes it's like, a tie is a win. Sometimes a tie is a win. So this is definitely a win. Um, and so that puts us what six in the uh, Eastern Conference. Oh, we um, are uh, two wins, one tie, and one loss. Right? Yeah, it's early days, but and that's a slow start, but. Not as bad as maybe you would have even thought it to be at the beginning of oh, the season. I'm going to go completely beyond that, over the moon. You know, yeah. I said that if Pineda can somehow figure out a way to win ugly early, which we have, yeah. <laughs> then uh, and we've tied then, we've tied ugly early <laughs> yeah. too, which is a win as well. Well, I say get points. You know, yeah. ugly. Um, I mean, you know, people were all excited about, you know, us beating Charlotte. But I think at the end of the season, Charlotte's going to be a woeful team. Yeah. And so people are not going to look back at that game and be like, oh, yeah, that was a great win. Um, but they beat New England that weekend. Last I weekend, know, so. but you got, you know, broken clock is right twice a day, Mikey Dobbs. That's true. It's I, I, I mean, we'll see. But my impression of this side from watching them a couple of games is is not top of the table kind of yeah, stuff right. and that that that's a fluke i think you're right i think they're going to run out of steam i think they're <laughs> running on a little bit of adrenaline do they even have the steam to begin with well i tell you what if we talk about the fans for charlotte they were there at home again yep looked like they were there representing i love it yeah and maybe they just feed off the home and, and do all right at home yeah. all year yeah so uh again for mls happy to see fans in the stadium uh how's nashville doing i don't even know where are they in the table? Because they were pretty decent last year, right? Uh, Nashville, for sure, yeah. yeah. Nashville was fantastic. Um, they just couldn't score, but... Um, oh, yeah. do you know who else uh, we would maybe want back right now? We'll talk about a new signing uh, from Shivas. Uh, a gentleman named Ronaldo. Not Cristiano Ronaldo. It's... Uh, <laughs> Cicernos or something like that. Okay. Um, he's 25 years old. We signed him from Shivas, and he uh, is going to... I know nothing about this, Mikey Oh, you Dubs. don't? Yeah, we just signed him like yesterday, the day, day, day before. So you signed you, him as look, what? Look it up on the internet. He's a striker that we just signed. A new, a true backup striker? You mean yeah. we're not relying on Dom Dwyer? Exactly. So now we did say that if we rely on Dom Dwyer when Martinez is not as the starter, we're in trouble, right? If Dom Dwyer comes off the bench in the last 10 minutes, yeah. I said he could score. You said he couldn't score. Neither of us predicted that he couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he's uh, evidently not gotten a lot of minutes with Shivas, but has... Um, Okay. Got, gotten some minutes with the, uh, I don't know if it's the, uh, one of the teams, I don't know, but he's he's scoring goals, which is the good thing. Okay. Um, and so he's had minutes um, overall when he's getting his chances, he's scoring. Um, it looked like he had a good ratio of uh, minutes on the field to making things happen. So, so we thought the international, the reason why there was this mass exodus to Argentina from Ibarra and Sosa to get, you know, their paperwork was because that would free up an international spot for Almada. If there's another international who came, then it suggests that so he's they knew there was an yeah, international he's, he's, coming. He's taking an international spot. I think huh. they were going after that Dupi Dupai guy. Um, I forget. His, uh, yeah, right. from South America. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and I, I guess since that didn't happen, this was their maybe second target or somebody that came on the radar. Um, so yeah, that's. Do you know how many international slots we get? So each <laughs> each team, I think, begins with six or seven, but you can buy international slots with Tamer Gam, 
So th- you essentially can have an unlimited amount of international roster spots if you buy them with Tamer Gam. Okay. So I don't know what that means in terms of the chessboard of Tam uh, of international slots across the MLS, but you can hoard them with Tam and Gam or buy into them. I have to say, you know, the commentators and the and the, the people at MLS.com, I think we're a bit confused about this. So, you know, here's the trivia question. Who are our three designated players at the moment, Mikey Dobbs? Oh, well, <laughs> as, as I understand it, it's Martinez, yeah. Almada, nope. and Araujo. Nope. Uh, Araujo, yes. Not Almada. No. Okay. Kienes. I think it's Moreno. No. He's not been a no. designated player for it's a long not, time. It's not Almada because Almada was a, was a young kid, right? Didn't they sign him as a young kid? I, I'm making no, all this up. I don't know. I no, don't know the answer. No, no. He, 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 is, he is our third designated player. He is? I'm like 99% sure. I, well, I heard a debate on this on MLS.com, and I'm like, if they don't know, then, then nobody knows. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it shows you how complicated the rules it, are. It is. We don't even know who there, our three the, designated players the, are. There is the under what is it the under twenty three designated player rule, which is now just being introduced in like two. Yeah, that's what I thought. We got Almada, which you might be right, but and which is why the guys on whatever show are confused because it's confusing. But no, I'm ninety nine percent sure Atlanta. I, I believe you way more than I believe myself, Mikey Dobbs. The last guy that tried to cook the books for Atlanta United got uh, suspended. <laughs> he got busted, ass. but in Miami. But in Miami. So. Yeah. Who thought that? <laughs> that was like, eh, you know, get him off just in time. So yeah, look it up on the internets of things. We got a new striker. Um, okay, I thought you meant our designated players. I don't think you can look that up. I tried to Google search who are Atlanta United's three designated players, and you would think that would be, Google's boom, called. it would come right up, right? Because everybody has to know that's, like, the thing. Nope. No. No, I didn't go very deep. I didn't reach the end of the internet like you have for the do trivia. You, do, you, <laughs> do you think there's any news on when Araujo is going to pop back up again? What? It's already been three weeks, right? Of course there's no news because this is Atlanta United injury uh, report, but I am going to go Bold out on a line and say that Araujo makes an appearance in the game after the international break. Guaranteed. Love you want to put a bet on it? No, not that's going to disagree with you. I'll, <laughs> I'll put a bet on it that agrees. With, why don't we put it to the Twitter sphere? Okay. And so if uh, somebody wants to take us on yeah. on Twitter. Um, I did a Twitter on uh, favorite Atlanta United fans St. Patrick's Day drink. Do you you want to know what you think their favorite spirit was? Do you do Guinness it cheat? It is Guinness. A Guinness pie. I actually haven't seen the full, yeah. but yeah, yeah, Guinness has got to be. So I did Guinness. Although and- if they were true ATL on fire fans, it would be a, some kind of Cabernet, right? That's true. <laughs> I mean, did, it, did they have a green the, Cabernet? The choices I gave them were a Guinness pint, a Jameson shot. An Irish Slammer, a.k.a. Car Bomb, which is not PC, okay. evidently. You don't want to order that in Ireland. No, you did. in Northern don't, Ireland, you don't order say, a Car hey, Bomb. Look can out. I have a Car Bomb, eh? No. No, they don't like that. But then, so that was C, and then D was all of them in that order, which is, I think, what I did on Saturday. So, and... Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Guinness. So I was Guinness out watching NCAA basketball on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, and travesty. I had green in the beer. Mikey Dowsey will be proud of me. I'm not yeah. Irish, of course. There was so much green food coloring in the beer. It was I had green hands. I had green yeah. teeth. I had green lips. The, the outside of the pint glass was green. Yep. Is, that, is that good? That, it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any any uh, annual uh, celebration to just be able to drink beer over somebody that like chase snakes or demons out of your country. I don't know what the whole thing's about. Who knows? But I'm in. I'm all in. So, who does Atlanta United play next? Um, we play next weekend on the road. Oh my goodness! What do we got? Um. About to have it. But Charlotte's coming up again, too. D.C. on April 2nd. D.C. Okay. Saturday, April 2nd. So, of course, it's not next weekend. It's the international break. We start with Thursday. Yeah, U.S. men's national team in Mexico. Correct? Right. So you would normally say dos a cero, but that's only at home. And Azteca yeah. 
It could What's be, our record? Could be two zero zero. Do you know how many games we've won at the Azteca? Ooh, I'm gonna guess at most one or two. I think it's still zero. <laughs> we have a tie. I think. I thought we've we won. We got one. a result. I know that it's like I oh. think it's either zero or one, but I, I think I we actually we br- got a result. I thought I thought we a- finally got our first win at some point, but maybe I'm wrong. Asking us to win at the Azteca, not so good. At home in Columbus, dos a zero. In uh, yeah. Cincinnati, dos a zero. <laughs> we're we're going to be missing, <laughs> and we've beaten them three times in a row. Serginio Dest out, out. Weston McKinney obviously out, out. But we've got Pulisic back and Gio Reyna back. Gio Reyna back. Yeah, um, he looked terrific on uh, the last two weekends in the Bundesliga. I don't know if you've been watching. I but... have not, but that's exciting. I love Gio Reyna when he's playing great. Yeah, he looks fresh, and the rest of the players in the world look not so fresh yeah. because they've been playing a long season. Um, so, so with Dest out though, I heard maybe Bellows in, am I wrong? Bellows replacing Dest, but of course Dest is a right back and our left back is Robinson, the other Robinson, Anthony Robinson. Like him a lot. Yeah, he's great. So Bellow is not going to be the starter on the right back, that's for sure. So it's not like Bellow is a true like for like replacement. You got to figure that DeAndre Yedlin is going to start it right back. Yeah. I don't know. It could be, um, Cannon. Yeah, but I I would think they would go for the experience, you know, Yedlin having played in England in Galatasaray and in foreign horrible environments. Have they have they published the roster yet? Yeah, the roster is out. So who is it? Pepe and or uh, Pepe's in. Pepe's yeah. in. And and uh, what about the other um, striker? Who am I thinking of? Oh, he's he's in good form right now. I want to say he's in the French league. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm How about Tim Tim Wea? Is he available? Wea's available. He's in Ligoon, right? No, Wea's in sure. uh, I'm not sure. Um oh God, who's the is another another uh another striker that I didn't know if we we're gonna be able to I'm not sure who you're referring <sighs> to. It's gonna of course of course come to me later. But anyway, <laughs> what do you think? You think we're gonna win? And uh, I think that's a tall order. I think no. We, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think we have a chance in hell. Um, you know, Tata knows World Cup's on the line. You know, and as Atlanta United fans, we know that Tata can really coach. Mexico has had a bunch of injuries, but they've finally gotten a little bit more healthy. In the Azteca. I think that's why this game is going to be more enjoyable yeah. for me to watch. You yeah, know go I mean? for it. Go for it, because I mm-hmm. like have zero expectation of them winning this game. And that's usually when, you know, for Mexico anyway, it's the hope that kills you, right? Because they've got a lot of hope they're going to win this game. And all the pressure's on them, because like I have no hope that we're going to win this game. So we need four points to guarantee qualification. I don't think that we need four points ultimately to qualify, but four points would guarantee it. Yeah, We have, after Mexico, we have Panama, and then we have Costa Rica. Um, Panama at home, Costa Rica on the road. You don't want to wait till the last day, Costa Rica on the road, but do you think we can... You think if we lose at the Azteca and there's a pressure on the young team, do you think they come through at home against Panama? I don't know, man. Like I'm scared beyond belief. Like <laughs> even more so than the previous. Like I, I, especially with all the injuries. If Weston McKinney is there and and Death, yeah, but Weston McKinney, you know. So I mean, the, the bottom line is Weston's all money. That guy, like, oh, I, he's the best player on our team, but. Um, but, you know, the thing about, you think about it, right? So Weston McKinney's heart and soul is a box-to-box guy. But the yeah. guy who really, you know, if the team is going to break down, particularly against a weaker opponent, the guy who protects against that is Tyler Adams. So yeah. Tyler Adams is also amazing. And he, as a defensive midfielder, keeps us honest in the midfield, yeah. right? And so... um I don't see us with Tyler Adams anchoring that kind of quality squad, young players... I actually gonna go confident and say, um, no problem with Panama at home. I would certainly hope so, but I'm gonna be scared to death during that game. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So we got Thursday night is when we go to the Azteca. So there's international break. Uh, we got the three international yeah. games, and then on- what are you doing for that game? Are you gonna come over here? Are you gonna invite me over? What, what's going on? Probably. All right, we'll figure something uh, out. <laughs> and, then, and then on, you know, after we come back from the break, we got April second. We play DC United. So um, on the road, um, I think Araujo. 
I'm not going to say Araujo starts in that game, but I think Araujo plays 20 to 30 minutes in that game. But I think Atlanta United fans, if you're paying attention, can you imagine, I'm sorry, with Martinez, Araujo, Moreno. Yes, ma'am. And Tiago Almada. Yes, ma'am. I can imagine <laughs> it. And especially with, you know, the, the other pieces we have around it are... You know. I have to say there are multiple moments in the last couple of games where it was like Brooks Lennon got on the ball or Sadich got on the ball, and you thought to yourself, if that's Araujo on the ball, it's a goal. Yep. Right? And so when you have Moreno now pulling the strings and Almada just being that little piece in between and Araujo the, making that run like he did in the first game to score, if it's Araujo, it's a goal. Yeah. And then all the pressure's off Joseph Martinez. Yes. And that's scary, too. Because right? now Joseph Martinez can actually do what he does best is the just the explosiveness, the movement in the box, right, and scoring those goals. And he's not being relied on to somehow find a goal amongst four defenders. Yep. I think we talked about it all. You got anything else? Well, what I will say... I don't know if we want to end the podcast on a downer, but... No, we don't. No, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, I am a big... I, last year, I was really on Pineda. I thought he did not do a good job. He was way too conservative about keeping what was going on. At the beginning of the season, I've been a big Pineda supporter. I was shocked that he's been making these moves. I've been great. In this game, it's the first time I'm like, we were so tactically naive... In this game, I thought that if we don't fix that, we could have a problem even with yes, ma'am. And so Pineda, in my opinion, I'm now, you know, one game does not make a season. I wasn't, you know, upset about Colorado because even though we got killed at Colorado, I didn't think that we were tactically naive. I thought we ran out of gas in that game and it's an altitude, blah, yeah. blah. I The goals we gave up in this game were so tactically naive that's a worry. Yeah, but don't you think from looking at film, hopefully some of that stuff will get course corrected? I hope so. And and if if the early season is any indication when Pineda has had time to look at the and make decisions for himself, he's made the right move. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm optimistic that okay. defense is okay. Okay. So all right. Well, game time Saturday. Who'd you say it was? It's not this Saturday. It's the following Saturday. Oh, April 2nd, you said. Right. Okay. DC United. DC United. Road. All right. Well, April 2nd. Hopefully, we can watch that on some sort of streaming service without doing hoops. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. It's been an awesome episode. Thank of you, dear podcast listeners. All right. Take care. Take care.